How big a mistake was it for the Falcons to pass on Lamar Jackson last offseason? And what did they learn from that mistake that is going to inform their choice of quarterback this offseason? You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So if you don't know me, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Sirius Black, a.k.a. Mr. Drew. My friends call me Negative Nancy, but you can call me Mr. Drew, but you can become my friend by becoming an everydayer of this illustrious podcast. And all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So normally today's episode would be an all 22 review, but that unfortunately will have to wait because the all 22 on NFL plus was not available Monday night or Tuesday morning as it usually is most weeks, most likely due to the holiday. And so basically I have to punt that until I do get access to that. And whenever I do get access to the all 22, I will break it down and then we will do a podcast and hopefully you guys get that episode between now and the crossover on Wednesday night, but we will just sort of have to see, right? As I often say, you can only control what you can control, and I can't control when I get to watch the All-22, but I can control what type of content I give you. And so instead, we're going to talk about sort of more big picture stuff um, rather than the most recent game or the upcoming Falcons game. And, you know, the the topic du jour uh, at least seems to be, um, you know, talking about the Falcons' decision to pass on Lamar Jackson. And this is a, kind of a byproduct. I think every time Lamar and the Ravens are in uh, prime time, this – you know, conversation is going to come back up. I saw some of the two, the, the fallout on Tuesday morning on Twitter and elsewhere. Uh, you know, and this is part of the reason why I think Twitter is such a rotten place uh, to have discourse on this sport because it kind of simplify oversimplifies the conversation, right? You know, and I, I think a lot of people presented as if the Falcons had two choices and they at quarterback, and it was like Lamar Jackson or Desmond Ritter, and the Falcons just went with Desmond Ritter. And that's not really the situation, right? The reality was the Falcons went with. Desmond Ritter plus two first round picks plus, you know, over $180 million in guaranteed money, which is, you know, over the next three or so years, which works out to be a little less than like 20% of their salary cap over the next three or so years, uh, plus David Onyemata, plus Jesse Bates, plus Caden Ellis over Lamar Jackson. And, you know, it was basically when you want to, if you do want to simplify, it was the choice of, do we build up the rest of the team or do we try to solve the quarterback problem? Right. And I think the Falcons personally, and again, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of people that disagree. Clearly, there are plenty of people that disagree. I think the Falcons made the correct choice in building up the team rather than just solving the quarterback, right? We've talked about this a ton, right? Yes, solving the quarterback problem is one of the biggest problems you have to solve as an organization, as a football team. It's the most important problem you got to solve, but it's only one problem, right? And I think one of the lessons that we, I tried to reiterate on this podcast a year ago is that one of the lessons we learned from the 14 years of Matt Ryan is that having a good quarterback doesn't solve all your problems. And essentially the, the conversation with Lamar Jackson was the Falcons had to, in all those things I talked about the Falcons choosing over, they would have had to invest like five assets worth, five problems worth of assets to solve one problem, which was the quarterback. 
and you're still only solving one problem and you're not solving the other four problems. And I think the way that people tend to think about it is, hey, if you solve the quarterback problem, it's, you know, you're 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 chipping away at the other four problems or that can mask the other four problems. And that's not really how it works. But that will be a debate for another day. But that gets us to the conversation of the Falcons current quarterback problem, which was not solved this past offseason with Desmond Ritter. And they're going to have to try to solve it again this offseason. And what choices do they make? That, that to me, is the more important conversation rather than revisiting whether or not, you know, they could have, should have gone after Lamar Jackson. You know, that's water under the bridge as far as I'm concerned. What about the current issues here in Atlanta? Now, I'm not particularly optimistic about the Falcons being able to solve their quarterback situation this offseason, but it's going to be fun to watch. We'll, we'll have plenty of interesting conversations and debates all offseason long, right? And I think one of those conversations debate is going to be whether or not the Falcons choose to go after a rookie quarterback or a veteran quarterback to solve the problem. Now, personally, I think going for the rookie makes sense for the same reasons why, you know, we sat here 11 months ago making the case for why we should get engaged with Desmond Ritter rather than going all in on Lamar Jackson. And, you know, part of that is the long-term benefits of, Hey, if you actually hit on a rookie, you know, that's those long-term benefits should be obvious, right. In terms of solving your quarterback problem for, you know, the next decade plus. And then you also have the short-term benefits of, you know, you free up money so that you can go out and use those those money and that, those assets to solve other problems, free agent dollars, all that stuff and more, rather than giving that all to the quarterback, right? Now, the problem with going for a rookie is there's inherently more risk involved to it. You know, rookies, you got a low hit rate on, on drafting rookie quarterbacks. You know, rookies tend to be much more volatile than veterans tend to be. And with the Falcons, Arthur Smith and company, potentially assuming that they're still around this offseason, we'll talk throughout uh, today's episode with that assumption in mind. So I, I do want to make that clear that we're operating under the assumption that Arthur Smith will be back next year. Obviously, if he's not, that changes the math and the, and the rhetoric. But in a make or break year that 2024 would be, you know, do you want to go with a more volatile option in a rookie? So that probably potentially could push the Falcons in the direction of looking for a veteran, especially if, you know, as a plan B more on that a little bit later. Um, But I think another factor that could push them in that direction is you look at the current team and you say, look at the defensive success versus the offensive success. And, you know, what does the defense have a lot of veteran leadership at key positions? What does the offense not have is a lot of veteran leadership at key positions outside of like Jake Matthews and Chris Lindstrom. You know, that's not the issue on defense with Grady, Jared, Calais Campbell, and David Onyema, Caden Ellis, Jesse Bates, et cetera. Like, you know, those are five out of the, like the six best players sort of, uh, you know, players on, on your defense. Right. So I could see the Falcons basically deciding like, Oh, we just need to go out there and get more veteran leadership. And that will solidify our offense in the same way as it solidified defense. Again, whether they're correct in that uh, decision remains to be seen, but who could they possibly sign as veteran quarterbacks? You got Kirk cousins, you got Ryan Tannehill. Both of those guys are 36 years old. Cousins is coming off an Achilles injury. Tannehill's coming off a, a number of injuries. Um, you know, either one of those options to me are not great options because it feels like you're just kind of rewinding the clock to back to 2021 with Matt Ryan when he was 36 years old and, you know, on the decline. Now, I'm sure there are plenty of you listening right now that think 2021 Matt Ryan is not a bad option for this team. I don't really agree with that, but, you know, I understand why you think that, right? Is it a better option than the current option? Maybe, but I don't think that's a good, that makes it a good option, right? But between Cousins and Tannehill, I would take Cousins even coming off his injury a hundred times out of a hundred over Tannehill. Like, you know, to me, if Tannehill is your plan A or plan B, like that to me is the darkest timeline. 
I know another player that gets often thrown out there is Kyler Murray. I would be shocked if the Falcons went after Kyler Murray. I, I don't think, you know, Kyler Murray doesn't throw over the middle. Arthur Smith's offense is kind of built to throw over the middle. That, that to me, is not a marriage that's likely going to work. And Justin Fields is another player that's very popular, at least on Twitter. I don't really see that happening. I don't see the Falcons looking at, you know, Desmond Ritter and being like, okay, if you look at adjusted net yards per attempt or Anya, our sort of preferred uh, quarterback efficiency metric, Desmond Ritter's 22nd. And at a later date, we'll, there will be a conversation on whether or not that is falling as far short of expectations as people would lead you to believe based off of the rhetoric surrounding Desmond Ritter. But that's a after the season plays out conversation. But Desmond Ritter is the 22nd most efficient quarterback in the NFL. You know what Justin Fields is? The 25th most efficient quarterback in the NFL. And I don't see a scenario where the Falcons are like, you know what our, our solution is? A less efficient passer. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, to me, the Falcons going after Justin Fields is just screaming the Carolina Panthers going after Sam Darnold to me. But I, I know there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with that assessment. So you're probably sitting there going, okay, Aaron, you don't like any of these options potentially. What would you suggest? Well, I think the Falcons plan A is probably the same plan A that I would likely have. Again, it's December. We'll see how this changes over the coming weeks and months. But I think it's probably the trade up for either Drake May out of UNC or Caleb Williams out of USC. Um, my assumption is that this regime would prefer May over Williams, but that's, uh, you know, it's early in the process. So we'll, we'll, we'll have that conversation at a later date. But, you know, the problem with that is it takes two to tango, as they say, and you're not guaranteed to get a dance partner as far as the draft trade up goes. So then if I'm speculating what the Falcons plan B is, again, I, I think it's probably Cousins and then plan C would be Ryan Tannehill. If it was me, my plan B would probably be to sign a cheap veteran like Jacoby Brissett or Tyrod Taylor and then draft a quarterback, whether that's a day one quarterback or a day two quarterback remains to be seen. And a big part of the process that I'm going to go undergo over the, the coming weeks and months is basically finding that alternative draft option at quarterback that isn't Drake May or Caleb Williams that I would feel at least somewhat compelled to be like, I like that guy. I'd, I'd be willing to sort of toss the keys uh, of this team's future to that guy. As of you know, December 26, 2023, when I'm recording this, I don't have that guy. I'm not in love with any of these other prospects. It's not that I hate them or anything like that. I'm just like, I'm not at a point where I'm like, yeah, that's the guy. That's that's my next, you know, Falcons quarterback who I believe wholeheartedly in can be their starting quarterback for the next seven to 10 years. I haven't gotten there. Now, obviously, between December 26, 2023 and April 26, 2024, or whenever closer to the draft time, that's when that decision will be made that uh, opinion will be formed, but that's kind of how I feel about Jaden Daniels and the other QB three options. So, um, we'll see about that, but later in the today's episode, we're going to talk more about Arthur blank's decision to potentially keep Arthur Smith and whether or not that's a poor decision, uh, and should be reflective of his capabilities as a, uh, as the owner of the team, Arthur blank, that is. Um, but my general feeling is Right now, and again, this is today, not saying this is going to be my opinion tomorrow, but if you're not, if you're going to draft a quarterback and you're not getting Drake May or Caleb Williams, then I don't think punting on the quarterback situation until next year is necessarily a bad move. We'll see how it plays out, obviously, but I don't say inherently that's a poor choice at the Falcons. And it's not because the usual of like, oh, next year's quarterback class is going to be better. I just, you know, if we're assuming Arthur Smith is sticking around for another year, and that 2024 is probably going to be his final year. Uh, again, maybe you're not ready to make that assumption now. Um, 
I think the one upside of bringing a new head coach waiting until 2025 is, you know, potentially that coach will get a, a another a better opportunity to find his long term solution at the quarterback position than the Falcons sit as of today. So we'll see. Right. Like, I don't want to necessarily hire that new coach and be like, well, you got to make it work with Jaden Daniels or J.J. McCarthy or whoever the Falcons choose. Uh, Bo Nix or whoever that Quinn yours. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying names. Right. Again, don't put too much stock into that. But, you know, the idea of like, okay, well, it's it's so similar to what, you know, Matt Nagy taking Justin Fields and then Matt Everflew is being like, well, I guess we got to make it work with Justin Fields and, you know, kind of I'm not going to say wasting, but like, you know, now that that coaching staff is basically in the same predicament that Arthur Smith and company is, which is they're on the hot seat and they got to get the quarterback right, all that stuff and more. Right. And so you don't want to do that for the next coaching staff. So, you know. Now I'm sure you're sitting here going, but like Aaron, if you if you're not confident Smith is going to be back in 2025, and even if they did trade up for May or Williams, you wouldn't necessarily change that opinion, aren't you doing that? Well, I think May and Williams are the type of prospects, at least so far, that are the type of perennial top five quarterback prospects that you could go back to any draft over the last five to ten years, put May and Williams in those drafts, and they would probably be a top five pick in most of those drafts, if not all of them as opposed to other players that, you know, some years might not even be a first round pick, um, you know, that may wind up being top five picks this year. Uh, and so like, if you're going to hamstrung a new coach, I don't think that's really hamstringing them with that caliber of process. Now, whether those guys live up to that, that's always the question when it comes to quarterbacks, but there's a lot there to unpack and debate. We'll be talking more about that in the coming weeks and months. Again, none of these opinions are final. Um, so as I said, it's not going to be a boring offseason. We're, we're going to have a very interesting offseason, whether it's a fun offseason remains to be seen, but we're going to have an interesting offseason, but that's kind of where I'm at with the current quarterback situation. As far as the old quarterback situation with Ritter versus Lamar, like, again, I just felt like that was so, so many of those arguments are so such bad faith that, you know, the choice was Ritter, a defense, <laughs> two first round picks and 20% of your salary cap versus Lamar. And again, you can think in those circumstances that going with Lamar is still the better choice than all of those things, but don't be the guy that's like, it's just Ritter versus Lamar. Cause that's not really what that situation is, but we'll continue today's episode talking more about, you know, Arthur blank. If he does keep Arthur Smith around, how much criticism does he deserve for that choice? But first guys, I want to tell you about game time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, comedy, theater, and music near you. They got killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from receipt and the best price guarantee. Game time is taking the guesswork out of buying tickets. And those um, killer last minute deals means you can buy tickets in seconds right up to the start of the event, right? All in prices means you're not going to get hit with hidden fees. Views from your seat mean you can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and game times guaranteed means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, they'll credit you 110% the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NFL and you'll get $20 off your first purchase terms apply. But again, create an account and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So continuing today's episode, want to plug the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel if you want to get the insight into all the news, not only just from NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, all the sports leagues across the nation, across the world, across the network. Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel, first of its kind, 
your team every day. And check out the Locked On Sports Atlanta for that local flavor. Their 24-7 streaming channel as well. So our next, our first question comes from um, Seattle 6 in the Discord. He says, is Arthur Blank just okay with being mediocre? We have an offensive-minded head coach that has only dialed up 30, over 30 points one time in three seasons. I'd like to know how Arthur Blank is handling this compared to other owners of struggling teams over the last decade in regards of making staff changes, obviously. So um, Seattle 6, I, I did not go back and look back at you know comparable situations over the last decade to compare, but my guess is, without doing that research, is that probably Arthur Blank is probably going to be a little bit more patient in this circumstance that you outlined with Arthur Smith than your probably average NFL owner, right? And I personally tend to see patience as a virtue when it comes to ownership, but certainly that is can be taken on a case by case basis. Not all you don't need to be patient universe universally, right? So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be fair if and when, as I said before, the Falcons keep Arthur Smith. It's going to be fair to criticize Arthur Blank for that choice, right? It, to me, it's very personally reminiscent to the decision to keep Dan Quinn coming off of the heels of the 2019 season going into 2020. And it's very similar to Matt Nagy, Matt Rule, and any other, these other sort of lame duck head coaches as points of comparison, especially those like Nagy and Rule that, you know, by the time they got to the end of year three or wherever it was, um, had not solved the quarterback situation. And, and that was a dire sort of scenario going into that final year. And ultimately, you know, the Bears chose Justin Fields, the Panthers cycled between, you know, uh, Sam Darnold in year three and then Baker Mayfield in year four, that didn't work out. And so that's part of the reason why, like, I'm not particularly pessimist, optimistic that it's going to work out in the Falcons favor, that Arthur Smith is going to have an outcome that's more favorable than Matt Nagy or Matt Rule, right? So it is, is it possible that Arthur Smith and company figure it out next year? Absolutely. Is it likely? I don't think so. Um, partially owed to the, this team's tendency to be, inconsistent and you need them to be consistent and they haven't been that. And so I don't think that's going to change in year four. Um, it could, but I don't think, I don't think it's likely to, and you're going to probably have a much harder schedule this year, uh, next year in 2024 than you did in 2023. So your margin for error is only going to shrink, right. Um, in that regard, when you, you want it to kind of widen, so to speak, if you, if you follow me. So, you know, I think that's going to lead to Arthur Smith kind of being the front runner to be the first coach fired next year when, you know, FanDuel comes up with those, those odds. Um, and I would tell you to, to take those odds. And, and some of that is owed to the potential when we get to May, when the schedule comes out, because, you know, a lot of that is going to be out of the Falcons control because similar to the kind of 2020, where you had a very tough start of, of slate of games to start the season, which contributed to the 0 and 5 start. Although again, we know the Falcons had two epic collapses that they should have at least started at season two and three rather than 0 and 5. But there's a scenario next year where you open up the season with like Kansas city, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Philadelphia. And like, that's going to be a, a tough obstacle to sort of overcome for a coach in Arthur Smith with that sort of pressure going into the season. So we'll see about that. But all of that to say, the point is, I do think Arthur blank deserves criticism if he does keep Arthur Smith, but I don't think it's the level of criticism. I think he's going to get like, I, I sort of see Arthur, Arthur blank. I'm sorry. As like a B plus owner. Right. And I don't think his, this, decision to keep or, or fire Arthur Smith is going to really affect that grade for me. I know that's going to be the case for a lot of folks. They're going to try to label and, and say Arthur Blank is a bad owner, that he constantly makes poor choices. Like he's made mistakes. There are certainly choices that he's made over the last 20 years that we can be critical of. But I, again, I think for the most part, he is a good owner and I don't necessarily agree with 
the sort of, I think the extreme opinion that you're going to see the extreme level of criticism that you're going to see for Arthur blank this offseason should he keep Arthur Smith, right? I, I think that is part of the sort of scapegoat reductionist uh, sort of mentality when it comes to trying to find one person to blame your multitude of problems on. And that will be the case with Arthur blank to some people. I'm just going to tell you, I don't think this case, again, I think it's fair to criticize why, you know, as I laid out all the reasons why it's probably not going to work out. I think that's 1000% fair to basically say, Arthur Blank, why are you doing this to us when, you know, the chances of this working or not just rip the bandaid off and, and move on. But I don't, I don't think it's like, oh, he's, he's, this is the worst decision that's ever been made in the history of football. Like, as I outlined, there have been plenty of examples of sort of these lame duck head coaches, uh, as you say. And so, see how you're, you're probably asking me to do the research to come up with more examples. And, and maybe that's something we'll do at the end of the season, but we'll just sort of wait and see on that. But we'll wrap up today's episode talking a little bit more about maybe one of the things that could justify Arthur Blank's uh, decision to keep Arthur Smith around is him reshuffling his coaching staff. And another question, our final question is, you know, what are the chances that we might have a different offensive coordinator, a different play caller next year in Atlanta? And we'll break that down on today's episode of Lockdown Falcons. But first, guys, I want to tell you about prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And now that basketball season is here, we love prize picks because of their specials league, which allows you, it's a league created specifically to combine projections from two or uh, more players from different sports, different leagues. You can combine college basketball, NBA, NFL, NBA, NHL, NBA, NHL, college football, you know, all that and more, right? And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with prize picks. It's simple to play. Just pick two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats. And the more entries you make, the more money you can make up to 25 times your money. Prize picks has quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of player stats. It's why prize picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. So we are wrapping up today's episode. Hopefully the next episode you guys get will be an all 22 review. If not, then it will be a crossover Thursday followed by hopefully an all 22 review. We shall see. However, uh, but you know, continue to make lockdown Falcons your first listen uh, each and every day so that you can get updates on that sort of thing. But our last question also comes from a discord user. And again, if you want to submit questions, sort of the priority is Locked on Falcons insiders, Discord users, and then everybody else, right? Uh, probably emailers, uh, if I'm being honest, because I don't check the email as often as I, I should. But generally, when I see a question, I, I go, okay, I'm going to answer that immediately. So anyway, Locked on Falcons insiders, link in the description below. Discord, link in the description below. Email address is LockedOnFalcons at mail.com if you want to have questions answered on future episodes. But, you know, BP Football Talk asks, hey, Aaron, Arthur Smith has had some good games and bad games this year. With that being said, I actually might be one of the few that want him back next year because if we fire him, that means we lose Nielsen as well. I'd hate to start over with a new defensive coordinator next year in a new system. I think if Coach Smith is back, that he shouldn't be allowed to call plays and maybe just have the OC, the offensive coordinator, call him and see how that goes. What's your thoughts? So um, I will say this. I think it's, you know, as someone who's defended Arthur Smith's play calling all year long, I'm not going to necessarily defend it, but 
let's just talk about what I think is likely, right? Not necessarily my my opinion on what should happen as far as playing. I think it's highly doubtful that Arthur Smith is not calling plays in 2024, right? Again, operating on the assumption that he is back in 2024, right? Yeah, it's based off of the idea that if, if Arthur Smith is going to go down, he's going to go down swinging, right? Like the captain's going to go down with the ship, right? Um, and sort of ceding control to another captain, I don't think it's going to happen in sort of a make-break year. You know, there's probably not going to have anybody internally become the play caller because no current assistant has extensive play calling experience outside of Arthur Smith on this offensive coaching staff, uh, which I'm sure some people think is a contributing factor to the struggles on offense. It's all on Arthur Smith. And, you know, that's not a great place to be if you're, which is, I think it's fair. It's fair. But, you know, I think if they are going to hire a new offensive coordinator, that's probably going to be someone from outside the organization. And again, I think it's a big ask to to basically see control of your fate in a make or break year to somebody else, right? Like if if you were on the hot seat at your job, would you basically put all your trust in one of your coworkers to basically go out there and save my job? Probably not, right? So I think that's going to be the situation with the Falcons and why you won't see Arthur Smith's seed play calling to somebody else. Now, you could see a reshuffling of the coaching staff especially on offense and probably on defense because, you know, Nielsen is probably going to remake it a little bit to fit his image a little bit more. Uh, you typically see that um, with new defensive coordinator, with any new coordinators, right, going into their second season. Um, you know, one suggestion of uh, offensive reshuffling that I've put out there for at least the Discord users in the past was, you know, maybe one scenario, again, not saying this is the scenario, but, you know, if I do – you know, prophetically project this in the future, I will claim all credit that I I am a prophet. And if I get any of these things wrong, then I will just say like, how can you expect, you know, someone to be prophetic or anything like that? You know, you throw enough stuff at the wall, some of it sticks and you take credit for the stuff that sticks. Uh, It's basically the secret to being a Falcons prophet. But that being said, one of those scenarios is you move TJ Yates from the wide receiver coach, to quarterback coach. Um, Then you hire someone like Sean Jefferson, uh, currently with the Carolina Panthers as your wide receiver coach, formerly coached with alongside Arthur Smith in Tennessee. Then you bring in maybe a new passing game coordinator and who that person is, no idea, but you know, one candidate could be um, Chandler Henley, who is currently the assistant quarterbacks coach for the Miami Dolphins. Um, formerly the assistant offensive line coach at back in 2021 under Arthur Smith in Atlanta was also an offensive quality control coach. Um, in Tennessee, when Arthur Smith was a play caller there, also his other weird connection to the Falcons is uh, he was the position coach of Falcons legendary tight end Jaden Graham at Yale many years ago. So, you know, maybe you bring him back. Maybe he brings a little bit of that, you know, Miami mojo and and sort of the motion and the speed. And, and that's one way that the Falcons try to improve Arthur Smith's play calling by basically let's get more speed out there. Let's, you know, find ways to to maximize our motion. Uh, to to sort of get mismatches, and that's going to be a way that we can make the leap in terms of being that explosive offense that we're going to need to be next year. I think if this team is going to be successful, that that's another reason why I'm skeptical. Because like the one criticism I've had of Arthur Smith from jump is how good is he at scheming up explosive plays? The body of work is not that impressive, um, and you know anybody who knows me knows like that's kind of how I judge offensive coordinators. It's like, are you good at scheming up explosive plays yes you're a great offensive coordinator no you're 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 okay right like you're dirt cutter you're sark you're arthur smith like it doesn't mean that you're bad at your job it just means you're not good enough you know it's the same thing with quarterbacks right like you know you can be 
you know, everybody wants Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> everybody wants, you know, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, whoever, uh, you know, is, is at the top of your quarterback rankings. But more often than not, you, <laughs> you're going to find yourself settling for like Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff or, or Derek Carr. Right. And like those aren't good. Op- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Those aren't the best options, right? But like, you can do a lot worse than that, and that's kind of what I feel like Arthur Smith is as a play caller, and, and Sark was, and you know, Dirk Cutter. I, I call him the Andy Dalton, the play caller. So again, I, there's certainly a lot of room for improvement there. But I, I feel like you're better off with Sark and, and Arthur Smith than you were with Dirk. But again, that's all relative. Anyway, that's it, guys. Um, so I hope that answers your question. We might see a reshuffling of the offensive coaching staff, but I doubt we're going to see a new play caller. So, again, all of these are, are topics that we'll, we will discuss quite a bit over the coming weeks and months um, because, again, none of these topics are just like, hey, you know, we we solved that problem in five minutes on a podcast. Like, no, it's like, you know, that's, that's a whole hour in of itself on the podcast, and we got to spread that out over multiple days. But um, that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, hopefully our next episode will be an all 22 review. If not, then it's going to be a crossover Thursday with locked on bears host, Lauren Cox, check out locked on sports Today, locked on sports, Atlanta, 24 seven streaming channel. They're all part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.